Hey guys, welcome to a new episode or more like the first episode proper of Project M, a intimate and heartfelt podcast where mindful and meaningful conversations take place. If you're listening to this for the first time, welcome. And if you're just wondering what it's all about, do check out episode zero where I explain a bit more in depth about how this podcast works. And if you've listened to this before, uh, maybe, you know, I could check in with you guys. How's everything? Okay, good. Let me know and be sure to follow the podcast as well and rate it if possible. So this episode will be a rather special one because it's released in the month of May. And just so happens, it is also the month of mental health awareness. When I was editing and listening back, to this episode right it came across as a very personal one because we really talked about mental health and well-being so just to give a little disclaimer before we begin we are not professionals and our conversation uh, in this podcast was just us sharing our own perspective and opinions really based on our personal experiences we are in no way here to give any sort of medical advice and without further ado here's the conversation with my first guest you can say hi Ronnie. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Yeah, so uh just a bit of background info. Ronnie and I known each other for almost four years now. Uh yeah, we met as interns. Four years already? <laughs> yes, it is. I went to count, but yeah, <laughs> almost four years. He was there like earlier than me, but I yeah, I, I came in for only three short months and surprisingly, we got really close in that short amount of time. Just so happens that in that three months, my alcohol tolerance also went very high during that three months. <laughs> what do you mean? I went very high. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that three months really trained my alcohol tolerance. But yeah, that's that's out of the point. So <laughs> my initial impression of you was like this very happy-go-lucky kind of person because you were always like cheerful and like, I don't know, like, people just like being around you. You give that comfortable vibe. <laughs> is this for real? You keep quiet, you shy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm listening, I'm listening. Because this is uh, the very rare occasions where my, my friends will sit there about me. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just really listening, taking it in. Anyway, uh, as in, just now you talk about your first impression of me is more of a sociable, cheerful, easy, approachable person, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I kind of couldn't react to that in time because it's not about whether you know I, I i don't hear that often that kind of thing in fact i really don't hear it often but maybe it's more of how i kind of forget how i used to be and it is quite heartening to hear that and the moment i hear it i sort of remembered how i kind of was as a person which is why i was a bit in a zone state of my but anyway, you can you can cut this shit out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to just want to explain explain to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I was quite surprised. I mean, yeah, not a lot of people say that of uh, for me. But obviously, I'll take it. I mean, it's not every day that you have heart to heart sessions with people. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Even after I finished my internship, we still meet up every now and then. And even within a year, I think we meet at least like twice or thrice and that's not a lot for like normal typical friendships especially for close ones but i guess in a sense that also shows like the depths like you don't have to meet all the time and like every time we meet it's always for like drinks and dinner uh 
Yeah, you guys are always the people that I always have drinks with because I don't normally drink, but yeah. Uh, I don't you know why I meant I, I have, but I mean, but I don't usually partake in that. I don't know why I'm just not a drinking kind of person. I only drink when I go to clubs. Partake or like, in drinks? <laughs> Does anybody ever say that? Sounds guys so... are like, you know... <laughs> Sounds very political. Not I'm not gonna like, you know, partake in drinks with you guys tonight. So yeah, you guys can like call me out, y'all. <laughs> Jesus, are you a freaking gentleman or something? Yeah, I am. How do you know? <laughs> But yes, uh, I think the interesting thing is uh, how every time we meet is literally three of us just somehow to keep everybody posted up. But obviously, we we are just there for the juicy bits, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and I mean, it's still working, obviously. Yeah. Which is why I'm here. I I, I guess as the, as the first episode. Yeah, and it's the first episode. Yeah. So I think for me, it's about like. Every time I catch up with you guys and I hear your stories and your perspectives and your experiences, because I have to admit, I'm a very boring person. I don't have a lot of experiences and all the juicy bits oh, as Ronnie. I mean, don't say of yourself. <laughs> the juicy parts <laughs> that Ronnie mentioned was definitely not my side of the story, but it's usually there. So I just felt, you know, the need to have people listen in on parts where I think would really help them in like different aspects so yeah you no, can I think, say I think it's really I think it's really great that I mean you're doing this because when you first approached me you, you mentioned that you want to really just make the world a better place kind of thing a simple of a mindset of that I really couldn't say no I, I mean I personally feel it's more of um, doing this tough time when everybody is at home sort of nothing to do uh, it, someone gets to you you know like the whole uh, mundane routine of uh, what you got to do every single day kind of feels um, a little bit restricted now. I think it gets to some people. And I think when you first mentioned about this whole podcast idea and how you maybe just want to, in a way, do your part, even if it's just making a single person stay better, I can simply say that is one of your objectives, right? Like how yeah. and why you want to set off this entire podcast series. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So last year during our catch-up in December, you had something major to share. It was something that took us by surprise and we were taken aback because we did not expect it. And after you shared it, I think we were very grateful and thankful that you were open enough to share with us because it must have been something that you wouldn't want to bring up. You mean that I'm, I'm, I'm usually not that open to you guys? <laughs> no, I think it's for I think for us because it was also a very sensitive and difficult topic that I think also a lot of people face when they know someone who's going through something like that. So I think I just want to check in with you. How have you been since our last catch-up? I mean, in a nutshell, I'm, I'm definitely doing better. Getting getting out of a long-term relationship certainly isn't an everyday thing, obviously. It's not something that one would sort of can be prepared for in a way. You know, I mean, if you know that you're yeah. going shit already, then sure, like, you can prepare for it. But in a lot of ways, it's more like the kind of episode where you feel like you, you really understand at a point of time how life can just turn upside down. And... Mm. It gets real. I mean, back then, I, I still remember that I was I was in a state of flux, more or less. You know, I wasn't thinking mm. clearly. I was trying to find so much outlets 
because I was in so much stress. And yeah. one of my outlets was to to talk to my circle of friends, I guess. And maybe that's how I got into really sharing about what happened because I think you guys kind of broke us a lot. I mean, you, you guys realized that things weren't kind of right. You guys could feel something a little bit off, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> At that point in time, you were spending a lot of time reflecting on the entire situation, right? So what exactly were you reflecting on? Um, I mean, basically, I just got out of a long-term relationship, right? And to be exact, it was more than six years. And wasn't an uh, easy thing for me to deal with that point in time and mm-hmm. I mean to most is a pretty big deal it was a little bit of a reflection kind of thing because I was thinking about obviously you have thoughts about what went wrong and what could have been better you know mm. what could have been not said or done during your course of still being together with the other party it's and the what ifs right it's always the what ifs and mm. obviously, it's not healthy because, you know, what ifs can be anything, right? It can be yeah. your imagination. And being your imagination is really just boundless. It creates more fear to you. And it, it pushes you into somewhere that you've somehow never been before. I feel that I, I, I went there, I guess. And mm. it was a... It was an episode for me where I had a lot of time to reflect and reflect about the things that went wrong and how I, if I could control, if it's within my own means, um, how I can make a change, you know, for the better, obviously. Um, The separation was who I am as a person, I guess. Hmm. And it led me thinking that maybe it's a character flaw that I have, more or less one of the most important things that uh, that I feel that needs some form of uh, rectifying is this thing about anger, which I have mm. been trying to deal with for a very long time now. What exactly do you mean by the anger here? So maybe I can describe what is going through when anger strikes, mm. you know, to give you a little bit of understanding what I went through to the best of my ability, I guess. When I'm overcome with anger and my temper just takes control of me, what I know of is that I am a totally different person and mm. I am somebody that is being feedback that is very scary, that is mm. nothing that you've mentioned to me before in terms of my first impression about being very approachable, you know, being very cheerful and stuff. Mm, it, it was my... It was me being very defensive, I guess. Like, my kind of anger is a, a very defensive kind. Like, to prove that I am right and you should be following certain things that I say and... If you don't, I won't give in and I would be even be more agitated, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think my kind of anger is 
once it tips off the edge, I will lose control and I will just be running and gunning for whoever there is within my path and, and whoever there is um, uh, that I feel there is effort and that I feel there is not right. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not healthy. Back to the entire point was because I feel that this entire saga or this entire relationship has made me feel that fundamentally uh, my anger has my anger issues has lapsed a couple of times before and mm. obviously it's not me that I'm being affected it's the other party that is being affected and this case was my ex la. and mm. and uh, I think ultimately was really an accumulation of uh, you know what this is it I had enough and yeah I mean that was it and it concluded that I mean I concluded that I, I, I think I kind of need to, to start seeking some form of um, professional help or professional treatment. I mean, in our last catch-up, you also mentioned that you were going to do something about it. And what's the update there? Like, what kind of help have you been seeking? I think the thing that came to my mind was that I can't do this alone, definitely. And um, the people around me can only do that much. And it's really time to in a way dip my toes into professional help and I think I've never thought that I will be um, seeking such um, professional therapists for help Mm. uh, in this case because I have never seen myself as a person that is prone to to that extent and obviously you know reality hits you hard and during that point of time I was at my wit's end and I feel that maybe one of the ways that I can really start doing is to seek professional help and there I went seeking a a therapist I think typically typically uh, people who seek uh, professional help um, one of the one of the most common things uh, will probably be because of uh, you know depression and the interesting story here is that the first thing that I did was to attend a lecture, right? And the lecture was about two mm. professional therapists within the hospital uh, teaching you about what is depression and how you oh. can you can do a little bit of uh, very simple exercises to start healing in a way. And mm. I was there willingly. I mean, I was there willingly because I wanted to find out more. Um, mm. I mean, back then, I was feeling a lot of things. Like, I was really feeling a lot of things. And I didn't know what depression was. You know, you look through social media, you hear stories from other people, and, and you sort of think that, oh, so that is what depression is. And then you are, you're always thinking that, eh, maybe I won't get it, you know. Maybe mm. it won't ever come to me, the kind of thing. But depression isn't something that you kind of diagnose or you sort of like, you know, like a light bulb on top of a head, like, you know, like, hey, hey, I got depression now, that kind of thing. And mm. certainly thing is not like that, but it creeps up to you. Like, you wouldn't know, but unconsciously, you feel that you fall into this, this very dark place. And then, mm. whether is it that you are drawn into your thoughts and whatnot, but it sort of makes you feel that, hey, 
do I have depression now? So the funny thing was that uh, I started Googling about the, you know, the symptoms about what constitute depression. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously that's probably the first thing that everybody would do, right? And yeah. I was reading a couple of articles online and somehow... Do you identify with the symptoms? Yeah, I mean, somehow, you know, you start checking things off the list. You're like, hey, um, yeah, yes, I have this. Uh, yeah, I do feel this way. Yeah, I did this. Oh, shit. Mm. And then at the end of the article, you'll be like, oh, shit. What is happening to me? Like, am I having depression right now? Mm. Because you just couldn't figure it out, you know. You, you, yeah. I think you will still feel that everything is normal around you because everybody is acting normal around you and everybody don't know shit, you know. But mm, mm. the things that you're feeling within you is real. It's not yeah. It's not fake and obviously it's not going away. And back then, it wasn't going away. And was it a very like comfortable setting to share something so major to a person that you've just met? Was it very difficult to open up? Um, I mean, if you're talking about setting wise, I'll definitely pre- prefer it to be in a bar with drinks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's my like number one conducive uh, setting uh, to share stories. But other than that, I mean, uh-huh. it's your typical uh, hospital consultation room. And yeah. I think what made it conducive in a way was that you somehow was able to tweak your mindset that uh, I'm here for a therapy kind of thing. You know, I'm here to open up and I shouldn't be here to withhold any facts uh, from my therapist, you know, things like that. Mm. So to answer a question, it was more of a mindset thing for me. And I was genuinely mm-hmm. there because I, I, I needed some form of um, answers, I guess. I needed some form of um, affirmation, you know. So mm. so it was pretty easy for me to, to get the stories out. It's just how do I piece things together. And, and, and ultimately, it's how the therapist lead me into answering her questions, I guess. Yeah. So if I'm following this in the right train of thought right from the moment where you started reflecting about the issue that you have which was anger management and you felt the need to you know find out more and whether or not you could be depressed and then when you finally sought help from the therapist you went to the session with the mindset that you know you wanted answers could it be in a sense that you already knew from the start that you had a problem which was like anger management and you were fixated on solving it? I think definitely you want to know the answers to your questions, right? And mm. my goal was to find out why am I feeling like that in a certain way, right? And how can mm. I change moving forward? And how can I get better? Lah? I mean, obviously... And yeah. I didn't know, I mean, there, there isn't a prefix number of uh, therapy sessions that, that can determine that, you know, after 10 sessions, then, hey, you are fixed, that kind of thing. But definitely, I will want answers. And, mm. and I think it's a step forward for me to 
to be a little bit more reliant on my 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 therapy sessions to to sort of seek more clarity and and to provide me with um with a direction if you can say that yeah so i think yeah like what you mentioned so i mean even for myself i have this idea that if you make that first step into seeking help you are like sort of like the very optimist view that half the battle is won because if you even take that first step to seek help you are on that path of recovery and i think like what you just said changes and gives a different perspective in total because maybe you could go for like 10 sessions and nothing has changed because you want your like what you said as well like you want answers and you want to be a better version of yourself which i don't was it something that you know you were also very transparent and open about with your family and friends or even people at work that you know you were gonna seek professional help i think first thing first other than my therapy the things that i have constantly trying to seek answers from would definitely be my friends and to a certain extent they are able to uh, give me a little bit clarity um Mm. but i mean ultimately the first thing you do is really to be aware of what mm. you are going through right now, right? And I think that is something that maybe is the hardest to go through if yeah. I can share. Mm. And being accepting of how and who you are as a person is something that may be uh, one of the hardest things to do because mm. be whether is it a good thing or a bad thing, uh, I mean, Obviously, if it's a good thing, you will rejoice. But if it's a bad thing, it's something that is really going to be something that is uh, really hard to swallow for you. And mm. likewise for me, it takes me a lot. It took me a lot, sorry. It took me a lot to, to realize what um, I needed to face, I guess. And going through the breakup made me realize how much of a person that I am, mm. I guess. Um, and in general, what kind of um, character that I've been leading on and um, how my character has been affecting uh, the people around me and the situations that I'm in, uh, basically. Mm. And, and I mean, all these questions just came to my head and I was just pouring out to my therapist and my therapist was really just uh, rationalizing, rationalizing my thoughts and breaking down uh, scientifically in textbook style what is anger and how anger will be a trigger point and how mm. things like, you know, um, your thoughts will translate into your actions. And, you know, uh, she gave me a little bit of uh, homework to do where she asked me that, you know, whenever I have a little bit of... Uh, Whenever I get myself into situations where I feel that my my anger is coming out, mm. she asked me to write down what is the the cause, um, what is the root cause, and then mm. what is the effect. So effect is more of uh, what are your thoughts, what are you thinking at that point of time, and uh, and how those thoughts will be translating into actions, like basically, mm. and. 
I think the way she she is asking me to do it is because she wants me to be hyper aware about what is happening at that point of time. And yeah. probably that's one of the most important things that I'm doing right now is to be aware. Mm. And it's not about denying that I have anger issues. And I do have anger issues. And the question that I want they are wanting to be answered right now is that how can I overcome it? How can I curb? You know, because, mm. because obviously I don't want to be living with this for the rest of my life, right? Mm, yeah. So you went for how many therapy sessions have you been? Three. So far, I think three. three. Okay. So in that three sessions, did you see like, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to say like, you're going to see like, you know, 180 degrees of change or whatever, but more of like, do you think it, it was fruitful or do you feel like you are at least going somewhere? I think to be very honest with you, I'm not like at my angle right now, right? And I'm not like all understanding about what is going on and I'm like, you know why my anger is going things, things like that. Mm. But I am still recovering, that's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. the things that happened to me be it half a year ago, five months ago, or four months ago, I'm still feeling it. And mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, it hasn't been lapsing in a way, but it's not a 180 degrees kind of thing. It's not a 360 degree kind of thing. I mean, 360, you know, where you are. Um, <laughs> it's not a first thing where, you know, you go through X amount of therapy sessions and then you're like, hey, I'm healed kind of thing. But probably attributes back to how uh, because I went to a public therapy session and each session is going to be, I mean, it's, it's for me, myself, personally, it's a monthly basis. So every month I go there once, you know. Mm. And within the sessions, uh, you are on, you are, you are with yourself, right? You're on your own. And yeah. those are the times where you try to think about uh, what can you really preach? And what can you really set into motion and what can you really practice, right? And I mean, it all comes back to when the situation happened, are you able to control it? You know, are you able to realize that, hey, I am in a situation right now and and I need to do certain things to to prevent consequences from happening? And mm. And I mean, since since the last time we meet up, actually, I have always been um, pretty much hyper aware of things. And I mean, no doubt I'm still healing. And yeah. I think I'm just sharing my POV, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very powerful and mindful kind of thought because... I think ev- like everyone has their own inner demons, but whether or not we want to face them is a different thing because it's like opening a can of worms, right? That, you know, if it's there, you can either, like, like, like what I mentioned, you can choose to deal with it or you can just choose to ignore it. But I think a lot of us just rather ignore it. And like you mentioned earlier, see the good side of ourselves because it's just very difficult I, I i feel like for me think, it's very I difficult my case it's not about me choosing to ignore it or not but it's more about how certain flaws within us can even be an unconscious thing uh 
you know, mm. from day to day. And I mean, for my own example, this anger thing that is within me has been inside me for a very long time to the extent mm. whereby it may even be a norm for me. And being a norm can be a very dangerous thing because you feel that it is very normal to be like this, you know? Mm. And when somebody reacts to you in a certain way, you will feel you you will feel that you need to challenge the situation because all along you feel that, you know, this is the right way to do things. And it's okay if I get this degree of anger inside this conversation. It's okay if I do certain things, if I it's okay if I say certain things or do certain things, you know. But mm. I think being hyper aware is when you realize that actually there is never the thing about whether is it okay or not because everybody's um, expectations of things are different. Mm. And the moment you expect certain things and then you labor that kind of expectations on other people, that is where maybe something go wrong, you know. Mm. And I think within 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 the course of me growing up, I have always been like that. If yeah. I can be brutally honest. And that way I have burned quite a bit of people along the way and mm. I have heard quite a bit of uh, friends that that I wouldn't want to be hurting I mean unconsciously right and and that is mm. the last thing that you want to do I mean because I mean if you hurt somebody unconsciously you'll be like you'll be, fe- you'll be feeling guilty about it but the worst part about things is that you, when you hurt somebody that is really unconscious of you to do so and you don't even know about it right mm. and that kind of feeling just kind of manifests inside them. And over yeah. the course of days or weeks or even months or years, it is them up, you know. Mm. And one of these days, if they're still your friend or if they're still somebody that is close to you, you will get the consequences. And mm. that is something that I think, I mean, I feel to realize that I know it now. And even if I know it now, it's not something that I can be like, you know what? I know it now means I can prevent it in the future. It's, it's, it's so hard to prevent things like that from happening, but you just got to try your best. I'm, 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 I'm here waiting for my next uh, therapy session. It's not happening anytime now because of this whole COVID situation, but um, I'm really looking forward to it because so much has happened within this month. And uh, to be very honest with you, I'm really not doing well and coping that well with things I mean therapy is just one of the outlets that you can be seeking but mm. when life gets real life gets real right you know mm. so after hearing uh, your therapy sessions and what it's really like right I guess it opens up a different perspective and view because for people like myself when i think of therapy sessions i always think of the the kinds that you see in movies right like it's always this person talking to another like the 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 therapist and they're just like lying in bed and just rambling about life kind of thing 
So I mean, instead of I mean, you are sitting on a chair, la, both of you are sitting on a chair. So. Yeah, la, yeah, la, but I, I assume the bit is more comfortable and you will really just feel like rambling on. But <laughs> uh, do, I think. Do, do you have any. Do you think you have any. What's your own thoughts about um, this whole depression thing? Like, do you have any. I don't know, encounters with it? Can I say encounters with it? Hmm. Yeah, I think so in a certain degree, the word depression has just become very a very loose term, right? Because over the years, especially, I, I don't know, I think maybe for my generation, we like to use the, oh, I'm so depressed. But that word that we use, the term and the way we use it, the context that we use it is very different from its actual meaning. So basically when we don't get what we want sometimes and it's it may not be a major thing as well and we just use the word like oh i'm i'm depressed i didn't get this so yeah and i think for me personally i have to admit that i have used that word very loosely as well because the other day i was like reading through my old blog and this was like when i was a teenager and 13 14 years old and i look at the things that i've posted and i even said I was depressed and I want to commit suicide. And I don't know what I was thinking back then. Yeah, like serious. Like I was kind of shocked when I read it now because looking back, I'm just thinking like, oh, why would I ever feel that way? Because I do not feel like, you know, I want to end my life in by committing suicide. And I'm pretty sure it's, it, the, it's, the, it's the whole emo emo phase that everybody yeah. probably go through listening to uh, the click five or the simple plan those kind of stuff you know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and like you know it's that stage where you know you start to stay up late at night and then you try to be yeah act emo and all that and then you like to use the word depressed and emo that kind of stuff so I think that that's for me and uh yeah and it's just shocking law to think that I even had thoughts of committing suicide. Yeah, sometimes I really question the things that I post back then. But for me now, my focus is a lot about building like my mental strength and capacity to think positively and be very mindful about the things that I'm doing. So it's, some people might say that it's just trying to be too like positive and like putting your heads in the clouds kind of thing because there are bound to be times when you need to feel certain emotions, right? And yeah, I do feel down and about every now and then, but I also try to balance and make sure that, you know, for every down moment, there are happy times as well. Yeah, and I think one way that I do it is, like I have this thing called a happy box, where I <laughs> sounds very weird, happy box, but it's, uh it's like a how do I put it? It's like a shoe box that my friend gave me, right? It's an empty shoe box that my friend gave me. And then basically what she did was she printed like photos wait, wait, of why like would your friend give you an empty shoe box. <laughs> so it was like my 18th birthday present. So in a sense she was trying to uh I mean it, it's a shoe box, but she pasted it and decorated it nicely, la, so it doesn't look like the actual shoebox but <laughs> anyone right. could tell it's a shoebox yeah <laughs> so in that box she printed out photos of like my past and like my younger self and basically all the happy moments like from my facebook page and i thought that was really nice and then she also added in like quotes 
of very positive thinking like uh, do what you love love what you do that kind of quotes and it's the kind of box that I always turn to when I'm feeling at my worst so I try not to open it all the time it's only for times where I really feel like shit then I'll open it and then relook at the things that I've done and basically my journey of getting at to this point so that I won't feel like my life was meaningless kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, so that's personally... What, was your worst, what do you think was your worst, worst, uh, worst so-called occasion where you need to open the happy box? So for me, when it's... Probably even the happy box don't even help you at all, you know? Mm, it does help me, but it's more of like I try to also make sure that the purpose is really for... It's like... like you know when you want to rely on medication but you shouldn't take it all the time only when you really need to so for me how the happy box works is for events where i legit feel super devastated like i feel like it's the end of the world kind of feeling and for me it was the time the last time that i opened it was when uh my family was going through like verbal abuse that one was like legit and the the thing was the verbal abuse was targeted at me so it was a very like i didn't need that kind of thing and it just made me feel like shit and the worst so yeah lord that was the time that opened it i didn't mean to dig all this no 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 i think yeah i just want to share like honest things other than that, yeah, I, I don't think I open it. I only open it like very rarely, like to dust it and like make sure there's no dust. <laughs> to in dust it. it, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because there's like holes in the box, then dust goes in, so I have to like clean <laughs> it. Sure, then I just happen to look at it long, but <laughs> but it does have an effect though because it forces you to relook at how far you've come and 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 that life isn't like meaningless and like maybe what what you were going through at that point in time was just momentarily and yeah it would it wouldn't matter in a couple of days kind of thing yeah yeah so to wrap up every podcast i always like to end off with a quote and for this episode the quote is to be free is to be happy so personally for me what this quote means is you know freedom is it's something so simple it's a very simple concept you know like freedom but yeah it's so hard to achieve for a lot of people because we have our own commitments we have our we always give ourselves reasons that you know we can't do this we can't do that but actually that that thought of freedom is so simple I mean in my own personal standpoint what I've learned from these past few months is that you know expectation cues and mm. different people got different levels of uh, expectations of things and expectations cut across everything within our lives right whether is it love or work or family, or friends, or anything else. I mean, to a certain degree, we will expect something from 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 each category that I just mentioned before. So, to be free is to be happy. I mean, it's very subjective, right? Mm. 
Yeah. And I do agree that, you know, if you have, if you, if you, if you aim to achieve a very simplistic life and a very simple mindset of, uh, of living life the way you want it to be, then yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, in my own judgment, you will probably be closer to being so-called free than many mm. others do. Um, to be free is dependent on the definition of what is free among mm. individuals. My own definition of free is being contented. And my own way of defining what is contentment is leading a worry-free life. Mm. And with a worry-free life comes the minimal things that you probably need in your life. So probably, for example, um, I mean, I'm a kind of person that doesn't need a very large group of friends, you know, like with a, with a certain very small, um, close group of friends, whether it's in like, you know, two, three, four group of friends, I'm good. You know, mm. things are good. And, and, and to me, there's contentment. And if mm. I could divide my time and spend time with each and every people within this group, I'll be okay, you know, and mm. I would certainly feel a piece of being free at a point of time. And to be free is to be happy. Mm, yeah, I guess so. And mm. I think for me personally, to be happy is to sort of at least have what you seek. Uh, in your life with the bare minimal expectations of things so okay. yeah I mean I mean if I have like for example a small group of friends if I have uh, uh, you know good uh, uh, a good job uh, things that work are fine my relationship my friends are good my family are good I think fundamentally, uh, I will feel free, mm. you know, and I think personally, I feel to be free is to worry less, you know, mm. and to not have so much worries in your life. Um, I think it's possible to be worry-free. Uh, definitely. And mm. once you are at that point of time, you will probably feel a little bit of um, being free in that sense, right, Marcus? Yeah, yeah. So I think like what you mentioned, like, you know, the concept of what is free is different for everyone because for people, for certain people, it could mean financial freedom. For others, it could mean, you know, being able to just do what they love every day and not be held back kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's a quote that seems simple, but 
it's gonna have very different meanings to very different people and i think your perspective on being worry free it's a very different take on this because i didn't even think of that and i think everyone worries on a daily basis so especially now during covid season everyone's always worrying so yeah i think once this is over like the world is gonna be so much happy and yes it fits the quote to be happy it to be free is to be happy once people can start going out and like buy bubble I mean, tea on the contrary i i do know of uh, quite a big group of people that are pretty much uh, enjoying this entire work from home thing like mm. and 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 i think to them is to be to be free is that they keep both from home <laughs> you know mm. but anyway I mean, oh wait now you yeah now that yeah now that you raised that up right yeah so maybe yeah so this part is the continuation from what you said earlier but i didn't edit just now but now i thought after you just said then i just thought about it so um yeah you mentioned as well like during this period it's not a very good time for you right especially having to stay at home and you know not be able to attend your therapy appointments so why is that do you want to share more um i think i think previously i mentioned about you know it's still within i mean i'm still facing this whole trying times thing like to me it's still trying times because um i'm a little bit reliant on my therapy session because that is yeah. um one of the ways that i am able to have my output you know and mm. Maybe I can share with you about what I'm trying to do in terms of um, trying to distract myself in a way. You know, um, mm. I mean, it's unavoidable that I will have certain thoughts, thinkings uh, at this point of time uh, on a daily basis, right? Because um, fundamentally, yeah. what I'm dealing with isn't about just my separation alone, but is really mm. about who I am as a person that I probably got to reevaluate, And that's it. I mean, having that kind of problem, I will need to be extra cautious about the way I talk to my colleagues, the way I talk to my friends, the way I talk to my family. Mm. And I mean, every single day has always been a struggle, I guess. And I mean, just recently, just to share, I've been looking into how I can uh, go into this thing called the mindfulness meditation, right? And I mean, meditation comes in different kind of forms. Yep. And the one that I'm looking at currently is the more of the uh, being mindful about certain things. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really as simple as uh, tweaking your habit a bit, your daily habit a mm-hmm. bit. And what I'm trying to do at least on a daily basis is um, waking up a little bit earlier each day after having, um, after making my own cup of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be in a very comfortable position and, you know, really just close my eyes and be very conscious about um, my breathing, 
And I think that is something that kind of um, sets a goal for me. Effective or not, at this point of time, it differs from everybody, mm. if you ask me. Um, for me personally, I guess it's something that when you are conscious about, um, when I mean, when you are in that kind of uh, meditation state, I mean, I just started yeah. really. So forgive me if I say some things that is a little bit off track or off a line. I mean, mm. um, uh, it's more or less letting your thoughts flow, right? Yeah. And the things that you've been thinking at a point of time is just flowing everywhere in your mind because you are just conscious about your breathing and your thoughts are just floating everywhere. And it's, and I think is at this point of time for me, it's, it's, it's really trying your best not to, um, not to fall back asleep, right? <laughs> because you're closing your eyes and, and, and you're just like being a very relaxed relaxed state of uh, mind yeah it's a problem for a lot mood. of people when they try out meditation it is a problem for a lot of people it really is yeah, a problem for a lot of people is. I mean and and, and I'm, 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 I'm just starting to do this and I'm doing this uh, before I start work in the morning right, right? and um, and I mean, <laughs> I mean really it's, it's, it's I mean at, at this point of time it's, it's more or less the uh, a struggle to trying to uh, be be aware of the benefits of meditation mm-hmm. versus trying to uh, stay awake at this point of time. But uh, another thing that I maybe want to share with you is that I am thinking, I mean, I'm listening to various kind of um, self-help podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. And it has helped me for or uh, for a short period of time now, I mean to a certain extent because I'm I'm writing now I'm writing things down, um the things that I feel that I can relate to, and personally I'm 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 you know we telling myself that you know every single day I want to start um posting a code up on the internet mm, okay on a daily basis you know so. I mean, literally, I just started yesterday oh. because yesterday I was just taking a very slow drive uh, out, and and I was listening to a podcast as I was driving, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should really start this um, uh, daily coding every single day. It doesn't matter who is it for. It's not for anybody. It's just for me to keep record of um, um, what are the little less cliche things uh, that. That, that that is uh, in a way code worthy you know? mm. so yesterday was my first code what was and it? yesterday was a code about um, doing the common things in an uncommon way mm. okay yeah I think I yeah, saw so that was it a code. you posted it on your IG story right yeah I mean I posted it on my IG story I mean that was the, that was my mind <laughs> I mean, that was the one of the things that I feel that can really help me keep record of things. Okay. And um, I mean, I'm taking it in through whether is it you know through the things that I watch or through through this podcast itself. But uh, I'm trying to uh, in a way maintain myself in a very sane uh, way to keep your sanity, keep my sanity yeah, really before before so called yeah. my next therapy begins. You know. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So slight. So just like tweaks in your daily routines, 
mindful meditation and daily quotes la, in a sense would you say exercise helps because you've also been exercising a lot uh yes uh definitely i have been exercising for the most part of my entire life and um i think one thing is that one thing is for sure that i can really really vouch for is that exercising keeps you in a very good mood I mean, post-exercise, mm. obviously, and it really depends on what mm. what you do within the exercise, right? And I mean, for mm. me, I certainly uh, felt it. I mean, post-exercise for me is always a very lighthearted feeling, which I really do enjoy and really do uh, appreciate um, from time to time. And it really sets you in a very good mm. mood. Whether is it like um, to start your day or to end your day with things like that, uh, you realize that somehow you are a little bit on a brighter side of things, I would say. And um, mm. it keeps you going somehow. And mm. yes, to answer your question, yes, definitely. Um, exercising a little bit. I mean, sweating it out, you know. Whether it's a light form of yeah. cardio, heavy form of cardio, high interval intensity, kabata, those kind of shit, you know. It really, as mm. long as you sweat, I would positively feel that it has a, a, a good effect on you, you know. Mm. So Marcus, please exercise. I think there is. <laughs> I do exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so attacked on my own podcast, but okay. But yeah, I think, I mean, there is scientific evidence that, you know, exercise, you know, helps to release like a certain endorphins, kind yes. of like endorphins. Yeah. Because I don't think... I mean, there are people who complain about exercise. I mean, including myself, but the, I have to admit there are the positive effects that come out of it, which I've never seen anyone like, you know, feel bad or feel sad after an exercise. I don't know. Have you seen anyone who felt sad or angry after an exercise? I mean, if the weight falls on them, then they're probably sure, I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in the event that all goes well, but yeah, I think, okay, yeah, I think that's a great way to close off the podcast, and thank you for doing this with me, it's been an enlightening experience, and, you know, I look forward to more of our interactions, and... (laughs) I mean, like, as usual, I'll catch up after COVID uh, season is over. And I mean, I'm sure this wasn't a very easy topic for you to talk about in the first place, especially when I first approached you. It was already difficult for me to even raise the topic. But, you know, I'm glad that uh, you agreed and that people are also listening and hearing to this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Marcus. Any final words? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. This, 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 uh, mm-hmm. this entire podcast is probably gonna be an hour long potentially. So yes. uh, thank you for <laughs> tuning in <laughs> until now to listen to us uh, and me rambling about uh, uh, a topic that which may be unfamiliar to you. Uh, but I mean, for those who are probably struggling out there during this period of time. Um, drive on 
And I mm. think you could really try to celebrate the little things that really sort of matters to you. And if things kind of don't matter to you, make it matter, really. Because at this point <laughs> of time, really, I think it's all about tweaking whatever you know um, back then because whatever you know back then is not applicable now really because these are really trying mm. times and things are different every single thing is different so whatever you you think you know should probably change you know mm. and drive on and I mean I myself uh, I'll be working things out with uh, you guys together and um Let's probably keep each other posted. I mean, you and you and me, Marcus, and uh, we we yeah, see yeah, how things yeah, goes. I mean, probably second episode. I don't know, but it's up to the host to decide this. Um. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. So initially, what I had in mind for this episode was about taking the first step into you know seeking professional help or advice. But after talking to Ronnie and listening into the conversation as a whole, including my perspective as well, I realized that, you know, seeking professional help doesn't necessarily mean recovery either. So we all need help in different uh, aspects. And I mean, you could get medications and stuff, but when it comes to mental health conditions, perhaps it's also about, you know, learning how to cope with it. Because sadness at the end of the day, it is not a foreign feeling for all of us. And it is bound to happen, but knowing how to navigate and understand your emotions and being able to acknowledge, I think, is a very powerful thing. And then eventually deal with it well. And like what Ronnie said as well, you know, learning about how to control, uh, for in his case, uh, his anger. And, you know, rather than attending all these sessions and thinking that yeah I'm gonna attend all these sessions to get rid of his anger because I think at the end of the day there is a difference between um, getting rid of something and trying to learn how to cope and uh, deal with it so I guess there is two separate things and that's something that I've learned do let me know if there's any interesting insights that you might have gotten as well that I may not have picked up or uh, or you might not have discussed but maybe at the end of the day you know the last thing you could take away from this podcast is that maybe it's also about recognizing a problem in the first place and how it can affect the people around you because more often than not uh, I think I also said this in the podcast as well we react more than we reflect and think so yeah maybe that's something for you to ponder about and you know I'm sure like every for every cause there's always an effect so your, our actions definitely have an effect. So at the end of the day, it's about what kind of impact you want to leave. But it's also about realizing that even our unintentional actions can have an impact as well. So yeah, and I feel enlightened and I feel um, really good that that conversation was really good. I mean, we did chat more after the recording, but like I, I mentioned in episode zero as well like you know these kind of conversations do charge me up so yeah i would really love to uh, find out how you guys feel about 
our conversation do reach out to me if you are really keen in discussing more or or if you want to reach out to Ronnie as well you can come through me and I could link you guys up if you guys you know feel that you could share your own experiences as well and I really appreciate you guys for listening uh if you guys really made it until the end I do appreciate that and that pretty much sums up the first episode of Project M and I look forward to talking to you guys in the next episode bye